Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. I'm Eros Wildewitt, and I'm glad that you've tuned in today. We're down to the single digits. At the time of this recording, there are only eight days until the Bears' first practice of training camp. So yes, our countdown to camp is nearly complete, and today we conclude our defensive positional previews with a look at the Chicago Bears' safeties. And to help me break down and analyze this group, I have my co-host, Nicholas Moriano, right here with me. Dude, what's going on? Nothing much. We were just talking about it right before we went live. We made it through the dead period. We're eight days away from training camp. We'll be there. Thank goodness. Yeah. I mean, when we started, A, the off-season episodes, B, even countdown to camp, it felt like it was going to take forever to get to training camp. And to me, I don't think it's hit me yet that it's only eight days away. That's a week away. Uh, A week from today, I'll be heading up towards Chicago, towards Bourbon A for practice. And yet, it feels like it's so far away. But I'm glad eight days it should go by, go by pretty quick. Absolutely, I completely agree with you. We can actually see, we can see and evaluate for ourselves instead of just speculating what's going to happen this season. We can see what's going on at Bourbon A. It's going to be great. It's much needed because we all we always miss football as soon as it ends. Now, do we get kicked out of practice this year, Nick? Uh, we were just talking about that too. Uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, for those wondering why we may, uh, the Bears have changed their policy a little bit uh, in terms of the videos we like to share on social media, even using images sometimes as well. It's going to get kind of murky, but uh, I'm going to push the envelope a little bit and see what happens. I told Nick uh, my goal is to get kicked out of practice, but not really, but also kind of bend the rules and see what happens. So uh, tr- you'll anticipate some normal updates on Saturday. Let's see if the Bears reprimand me enough that we have to change our strategy as we go throughout training camp. Yeah, uh, we could do always the Patrick Finley and draw, drop plays and stuff. But, I mean, that's Pat's thing. So I think uh, we'll probably just leave it to him. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, before we dive in, I do want to remind everyone listening that our goal is to reach 500 reviews on Apple Podcasts before the Bears kick off the season week one against Green Bay. 
at the last week when I asked for this, we're at 423 reviews. And I just checked before we went live, we're up to 448. And again, once we reach that goal of 500, we'll be selecting one lucky reviewer to receive a free Bears jersey of their choice as a token of our appreciation. You know, Bears fans, we are, and you are the best in the world, and we really do appreciate your continued support of our show throughout the years. But all right, let's go ahead and get down to business, and I can't think of a better place to start our preview other than all-pro safety, Eddie Jackson. Entering his third year in the league, Jackson is already considered one of the best at his position. I mean, hell, earning all-pro honors in your second season and being selected to Pro Bowls each year is quite the accomplishment, quite the way to kick off your NFL career. Now, from his instincts to his range and ball skills, there's just so much to love about Eddie Jackson's game. But, Nick, I want to go over to you. What makes Eddie Jackson, and I'm going to use the word special. Special is the right word to describe Eddie Jackson. And there's so many things that make him arguably the best safety in the league. Uh, And you mentioned a couple of things, but one thing that I like in particular with Eddie Jackson is just how fluently he can get in and out of breaks. Whether it's a dig route over the middle, a post route, you can expect Eddie Jackson to be locked on or hip to hip with whatever receiver is running that route. I just watching the film just this past week. And whenever receivers ran that dig route over the middle and Eddie Jackson was at single high safety, good luck. It almost seemed like Eddie Jackson was running that route for the receiver. And whether he intercepted a pass or broke on, just made a pass breakup, Eddie Jackson was always there. And I think that's what makes him so special. Like you mentioned, Will, and just a a DB that you can't really pass much on. And also another thing that kind of gets maybe unnoticed because it's not going to show up on any kind of stat sheet is disguising coverages. What the bears like to do in a lot of NFL defenses, of course, right before pre-snap, they're going to maybe show a too high safety look, but right before the snap goes, you'll see maybe the safeties rolling to the ex- to the position. They're actually going to be finally a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Ian, I thought Eddie Jackson was really good at disguising what the initial look of the Bears defense was and then getting to maybe his correct position. So I think that's something it's underrated, it's undervalued, but that can give quarterbacks maybe an indication, okay, it's a two-safety look. Oh, no, Eddie Jackson's moving single high, the other safety's moving down. That can disrupt a quarterback's timing, his thinking process, and that can just lead to ultimately turnovers. Absolutely. Uh, Good stuff there, Nick. For me, when it comes to Eddie Jackson, things that stand out, and then when I reminisced on last season that still instantly come to mind, uh, number one, uh, his attack mentality. He's always going after the ball, even if it's for interceptions or even coming up at a ball carrier, trying to rip that sucker away. He knows that the Bears defense thrives on those turnovers, and he wants to create those himself. No No matter how he wants to do go about that, he definitely can do so. On top of that, something that really stands out, of course, is his IQ. He understands the defense. He understands his role. And he knows how to anticipate what the offense is going to be doing on any given play. With all that, on top of those natural gifts and those instincts in-game, he's able to play lights out. And for his range, I believe that makes him very special because he, if he's playing a single high in the middle of the field, he can almost take the entire field away from an offense because of his his range. He can get the sideline from the middle of the field to each sideline 
in a hurry. So when you have Eddie Jackson back there, uh, opposing quarterbacks have to think twice about where he's at. And, of course, even that just slight hesitation because of the fear factor that Jackson has in the back end that defense impacts what an offense is going to try to do on any given snap. But I'm curious, Nick, what are you envisioning in terms of steps forward? What can Jackson do to take his already strong play to, I'm going to say the next level, even though we already know that he's way up there in terms of uh, safeties, not just current safeties, but even like former safeties as well, playing at an elite level? Yeah, I mean, just for Eddie Jackson to even elevate his play from last season, that's going to be tough to do. I mean, six interceptions, he had two touchdowns, one fumble recovery, one fumble recovery for a touchdown. I mean, he filled up the stat sheet. But I think for Eddie Jackson, uh, maybe the next step for him, and it's not even about him, it's just getting that continuity with the secondary still. Because now there's two new members there with HaHa Clinton Mm -hmm. Dix and Buster Screen. So a lot of these guys for defensive coverage, for defensive work, they always have to be on the same page. And now being the guy on the secondary along with Kyle Fuller, just making sure the other guys know their responsibilities and are in the right positions because Eddie Jack's going to take care of what he has to do. He really is. He knows how to, like you said, read coverages, break on the ball, make plays, make cause turnovers. So I think the next step for Eddie Jackson to help this defense, because a lot of people have maybe talked about the Bears defense going to regress because there's a new defensive coordinator. There's new pieces there. Well, a good way to make that defense stay at the position that it was last season, making sure everyone's on the same page. And those two guys in the secondary, uh, just ha Clinton Dix and Buster Screen, making sure that they're on page with what Eddie Jackson's doing, what Kyle Fuller's doing. I think that'll be a big part in what Eddie Jackson's maybe responsible for because we know he's just going to take care of business. Absolutely, Nick. I think of Jackson, if he can keep the same mindset, really, not just this year, but for years going forward, this guy really is the limit for him. He's aiming for both personal and team greatness, and I really believe that he's going to be able to accomplish everything that he's setting out for. He's a true leader. He's going to be the driving force behind the defensive success this year, a lot like he was last year. But I'm curious, Nick, what are your expectations for Eddie? Is it another all-pro type of season? Is that now the benchmark for Eddie Jackson? I think it should be, um, especially because now with what he was able to accomplish last season and he was an all pro, uh, he's still, again, in the same defense. And now with Chuck Pagano there, he had a guy in Ed Reed, and that was probably his benchmark every season, being able to make those all pros be a future Hall of Famer. Well, Eddie Jackson, even though it's only he's only going into his third season, This is kind of the pedigree that he needs to establish for himself moving forward, that he is capable of making these plays. He just has the instincts and the the football IQ to play on that level consistently every season. The only thing that was uh, kind of hindered him towards the end of the season was that injury that kept him out two games and, and the playoff game. So I think for Eddie Jackson, as long as he stays healthy, this should be the, the pedestal that he should keep himself to having these all pro seasons, making plays on the ball, be being a force on that back end of this Bears defense. But yeah, I think that's, that's the expectation for him moving forward. Uh, look, he had uh, six interceptions, not saying that he can't get double digits because there are times where a lot of these pass breakups, if Eddie Jackson, if the ball maybe just floats up a little in his direction after he pass breaks up the ball, that's, that's an interception again. So he's definitely capable of doing what he did last season and probably even more. It's actually pretty awesome to see this thing play out the way it did, right? Eddie Jackson drafted in the fourth round. We were like, oh, yeah, he had a lot of potential. But obviously uh, the injury at Alabama had him fall down in the draft, but we knew the potential. But to see him play this well so early, so soon in his career, which really it all started the game that you, Brandon, Nick, and Jordan – Nick, geez, you, Brandon, 
Jordan and I, there we go, uh, all went to against Carolina two years ago when he had those two touchdowns. And from that moment on, he's really solidified himself as one of the most dangerous safeties in the NFL. Uh, but when it comes to Eddie Jackson, you mentioned Chuck Pagano. And I think we would be remiss if we didn't take a moment to kind of hit on this relationship uh, because he did very well being Jackson under Vic Fangio with Ed Donatel as his positional coach. But I'm curious, Nick, with now Chuck Pagano coming in with his pedigree, playing with DB, uh, working with DBs, what do you envision that uh, doing to Eddie Jackson? Do you think that's maybe the secret recipe to even help him take those steps forward that you're just talking about? You know what? I mean, Ed, Ed Donatel, Vic Fangio, great defensive minds, and Chuck Pagano coming in with, the, like you said, the pedigree that he has being a defensive minded head coach and working with DBs. You know what? Maybe it's just some of the same. Maybe that's all he kind of needs at this point in his career, and that's what Chuck Pagano wants to really do, not really change things up too much for this defense. So I think for Eddie Jackson, it's not that maybe Pagano is even better than those two guys were because those are two, uh, you know, guys that were established and did some really good things with this Bears defense last season and even the years prior. So I wouldn't say that Pagano's maybe like an edge up on those guys, but it does help that he does have that background coaching DBs, that he has coached the Hall of Famer and Ed Reed that had some of the same characteristics and, you know, tendencies that Eddie Jackson does. So it could be something that uh, maybe just kind of continues Eddie Jackson along the, the path that he's currently on and keeps him at that same progress. But I wouldn't say that because Pagano's coming in, this is the next step. Because, again, I really uh, I value what Vic Banjo and Ed Downtill brought to this Bears defense because it really showed last season being the number one unit overall and a defense that had the most interceptions last season that those two guys could get it done. But I think Pagano's going to do a lot of the same. All right, good stuff there, Nick. Up next, we're going to go ahead and talk about the new Bears starting safety. But first, we do need to call a quick timeout to tell you a little bit about our show sponsor, SeatGeek. Do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? The real question is, how easy could it be if those ticketing sites actually cared? With millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek proves there is a better way. Search sports, live music, comedy, and more. SeatGeek has the tickets you're looking for all in one place. They built the fastest way to find tickets so you can stop searching for that perfect seat and start enjoying it. So what makes SeatGeek better than a rest? Well, that's a great question. To put it as simply as possible, SeatGeek is a better process. They pull together millions of tickets from all over the web, rate each on a scale of 1 to 10, and finally, SeatGeek displays them an interactive seat map. That way you know what kind of view you're getting with the seats that you're looking for. And every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets with confidence. As you know, everyone here at the Chicago Audible, we have the SeatGeek apps on our phones, our devices, and by far it's the easiest way that we've been able to shop for tickets throughout the years. We can be anywhere uh, within a few tabs, instantly find some seats. And again, if you're looking to go to a Bears game this year, I'm encouraging everyone listening to go to the Bears-Chiefs game late in December, around Christmas time, playoff atmosphere. We're going to be there. Again, all the storylines that that game is going to bring to the table. It's going to be a really good time. Uh, so definitely check out SeatGeek for that. And don't forget my hack. Create your own budget. Set the maximum amount you want to pay, and then sort it by deal. That way you know you're getting the best seats possible. And SeatGeek will even give you $10 off your first purchase. And all you need to do is use our promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today and use our promo code BEARS for $10 off your first purchase. Again, that promo code is BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, for $10 off your first purchase on SeatGeek. All righty. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast. I'm Rose Holdewitt. I'm joined by my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. We're sitting here previewing the Chicago Bears safeties 
as we are eight days away from training camp. And moving forward, I think it's time to talk about that newcomer at the safety position, HaHa Clinton Dix, who will be replacing Adrian Amos on the back end of this defense. Now, after spending 4.5 years with the Packers, Clinton Dix was traded to Washington midway through last season. As the Bears director of player personnel, Josh Lucas, said, HaHa has been graded by the Bears as a better safety than Adrian Amos over the last few years. Nick, are you buying that? I am going to buy that. It's because of what HaHa Clint Dix, the upside that he brings. Uh, He's a playmaker, man. When you really look at it between Adrian Amos, look, solid player. I think the Packers are getting, again, a solid player, but not a difference maker at the position. HaHa Clint Dix, since 2014, 14 interceptions, 28 passes defended, four forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. He makes plays on the ball, and that fits perfectly with what this Bears defense did last season, just creating turnovers. So I think with what HaHa Clint Dix can do in terms of the range that he has, very similar to Eddie Jackson, be able to get from the middle of the field to the opposing, to the numbers, to the hash marks, wherever it is, he has that range as well. And just diagnosing plays, HaHa Clint Dix is capable of that. I mean, he was a top 100 player a couple years ago, one of the better safeties, but he has some head some down ears, I would say, uh, maybe not the best tackler, but I think he just has more upside than Adrian Amos. He was a guy that I think benefited Adrian Amos is from other players making plays and then maybe making an interception. Well, haha, Clint Dix makes the plays. He'll make his own interceptions as opposed to being the, the benefactor of someone else making a play. I think that's the biggest difference in why uh, Josh Lucas had maybe haha graded higher than an Adrian Amos. So I think the Bears got a capable playmaker and just fits perfectly with what this Bears defense has been doing, which is creating turnovers. Interesting. Now, of course, when you look at haha, I want to know what stands out to you because I know you've been watching a lot of film. What stands out to you uh, for the better and then maybe a thing or two that he needs to still kind of work on? Yeah, so I think what stands out for me with HaHa Clint Dix, and I mentioned it, is that range. There was a lot of times where, whether he was with the Packers or with the Washington Redskins, he is a single high safety, about 17 to 20 yards off the line of scrimmage, and he is just reading, reacting, diagnosing a route, and having to react to it and make a play on the ball. And you can really tell from the middle of the field to the hash mark, Kyle Clinton Dix is capable of getting to that position, making a play on the ball, where's an interception, or maybe a pass breakup. He's capable of doing that. And that's why uh, Ha Clinton Dix is special. I would say special back there because you don't typically have two safeties that that can have that range to get on either side of the field. Another thing that I do like from Ha Clinton Dix is when there's a, a catch being made, he contests it afterwards. There was a play against DeAndre Hopkins last year when Ha Ha Clinton Dix was with the Washington Redskins, where it should be an easy completion. But as DeAndre Hopkins is trying to corral the ball into his body, Hockland Dix is just finding a way to rip that ball out, cause a fumble. And he did that also earlier in the season against the 49ers with a tight end who had an easy completion, rips the ball away. So easy completions are not necessarily easy completions with Hockland Dix because he can rip the ball away from opposing wide receivers, tight ends, ball carriers. So I like that from Hockland Dix. 
But what he does need to get better at, and it kept showing up on film, is just sometimes his pursuit angles to the ball carrier. I just don't know why he's coming. He's going where the ball carrier is as opposed to where he's going to be, and that's getting him out of position. And I know he had more tackles, I think, than Adrian Amos last season, but maybe it's because he's putting himself out of position in the first place. But, again, I think that needs to drastically improve in his game when he's coming down. If he is maybe 17 yards off the ball, he should have the right angle at an imposing ball carrier if they get to the second level because there's just a bunch of times throughout the season where I'm just questioning, like, haha, what, what is it? Why are, why are you doing this? Why are you going at this angle? And then the ball carrier maybe gets two or three extra yards because of that angle that haha Clinton Dix uh, took on. But I think that's like the biggest thing. Um, again, you would like to see him be a little bit more fluid on his hips on out routes as well. But for the most part, I like the upside that Clint Dix brings because with Adrian Amos, you just didn't get a lot of turnovers. But Clint Dix is the exact opposite of that. So you're willing to take maybe a few more of those blunders in hopes of having uh, those aggressive plays, that aggressive mentality pay off with a couple extra turnovers here or there? Absolutely, especially with Chuck Pagano, aggressive-minded defensive coordinator, and you have the front seven that you do, you can take more risks. You can maybe jump more routes when you have a front seven that they do where quarterbacks are not going to have as much time. I'd rather have the aggressive-minded player like a HaHa Clint Dix and Eddie Jackson who have tendencies of maybe jump routes, take those risks, get those interceptions, make those game-changing plays as opposed to maybe more of a conservative player like an Adrian Amos who will make the tackle. Great. But I want to see game-changing plays, and that's what can make a great defense into an elite one, and that's what the Bears did last season. Yeah, exactly. But now let's get to this year because, obviously, it's kind of hard, at least for me, to kind of pinpoint some expectations for HaHa in this defense because he's a guy who has had a decent but not stellar career to this point. But when you look at the Green Bay Packers defenses that he was a part of, uh, early on in his career, they were pretty decent, but over the last few years, uh, the talent level really hasn't been there. They've been a defense that's been giving up, uh, you know, in the top 10, top 12 in terms of yards allowed throughout the, you know, through the air. Um, and then, of course, when he goes to Washington, that's not an overly great defense as well. So what do you expect from him in Chicago surrounded by much better talent? You know, with much better talent, and like I mentioned, with Chuck Pagano being more aggressive in this defense, really able to get after quarterbacks, I expect Ha Clint Dix to have – those seasons of old where he was renowned as being one of the better safeties in the league, someone that can create turnovers. I think you're going to see how Clint Dix play more free. That's what I really expect, especially playing with this bears defense and the players that they have along there. But when you have a Cleo Mack, let's say uh, for, for defenses, especially uh, a lot, this is a defense last year. And I asked uh, Brett Coleman, the guy who did the Mitch Trubisky video, what did you see? Uh, in terms of the Bears, Stephen, what coverage did they run? A lot of cover four, a lot of cover one, a lot of cover three. But cover four is primary, primarily the one they ran. Well, in that one, you have different formations that you can have your safeties be a little bit more aggressive. So I'm thinking now with him being in this Bears defense, how Clint Dix just going to take more chances? Why not when you know you have Eddie Jackson back there as well? You have Khalil Mack going after the quarterback. Take those chances. If you think it's an in-breaking route, and it possibly could be, take that pursuit angle, go get that interception. But that's what I'm really expecting from HaHa, especially being on a one-year kind of prove-it deal mm-hmm. with, the, with the amount that he's getting for this season. He might as well just go just play balls out and just try to make as many plays as he can. He's going to want to try to earn himself a bigger contract as well. But I think this is the defense and the, play, the players are kind of do it on. And especially when you have Eddie Jackson back there, there are opportunities that can be had for HaHa Clint Dix. But I just expect him to be more aggressive, take more chances, and that will cause those turnovers to happen. 
Yeah, and one stat that really stood out to me last year about HaHa ha, uh, was the fact that he only allowed one catch on every 37 coverage snaps last year, um, which was much higher than any of the other Bears safeties. I believe Eddie Jackson was around 24, 23. Uh, so the fact that HaHa, ha, despite having played for two different defenses last year, was able to have such a high mark in terms of coverage snaps per reception allowed uh, it's just telling, and of course, with the Bears front seven getting after quarterbacks, making his job easier. Again, on defense, everything's just flowing together as one kind of organism here. But again, I think that his job's going to be easier, which is going to allow him to take more of those risks. And even if he makes some mistakes, he has guys around him that can kind of mitigate the damage. But I'm curious here because you talked about that one-year proven deal, and we talked about it when the Bears signed him, but now that we've sat on this for a few months, and you look around the NFL and, you know, the safety market and the safeties and, the, you know, the rest of the teams, I think there was a bigger market for HaHa than really what the Bears gave him. Do you think he came here in hopes of winning it all, getting a championship, and then maybe proving it to the Bears to earn himself a spot here, even though the Bears, again, money-wise, that may be difficult coming in in a year. But do you think so? And, again, I know that they do have a relationship, Jackson and HaHa Clinton-Dix as well, that goes back from their days at Alabama. So I'm just curious to your take on why he's here, and maybe we should talk about that relationship between the two because I do think that's going to play a pretty big factor, at least in terms of HaHa getting acclimated into this defense probably quicker uh, than if he went to another team. Yeah, absolutely. I think when uh, uh, HaHa Clinton-Dix was kind of weighing his options, well, he has an opportunity to once start and be on the number one defense from the season ago. I think that was just, you know, an easy decision for him, even though he's making the money that he is and probably the upside that he can have in this defense, knowing that Chuck Pagano is a defense coordinator. Well, I, he's probably thinking I can make a bunch of plays here and then earn himself, you know, a bigger contract. It, it will be tough. It's going to be tough for the bears to, um, you know, sign haha ha Dix if he does have, you know, what we're kind of expecting a good season here in Chicago. But I'm just thinking that, you know, there's so many limited opportunities. If players players can chase money, they really can and go to teams that are not going to compete. But it's ultimately what these players want is to win a Super Bowl at some point in their career. This is an opportunity for Ha Clint Dix to do that. He knows the Bears were, you know, I'll bring it up, a field goal kick away from probably just moving into the playoffs and maybe doing some damage there. And had they done that, this team, who knows where they could have ended up. But I think that Ha Clint Dix just knew I could be a part of something special, even if it's just for a year. I think that's his mindset kind of going forward. He can put up the good stats, earn himself a payday, maybe somewhere else. But I think that was the mindset kind of going in. And like you said, Eddie Jackson being alongside there, I think that was special. They only played a, a season there, I think, I believe, in Alabama. I think Eddie Jackson actually got injured, if I'm not mistaken, at some point in that 2013 season, I believe. So they didn't even really get to you know play an entire season. But now that's his buddy. This is a guy that both – they're both technically free safeties – kind of just with that range of ball skills, it could be something special. I think PFF actually, and I know we like to use PFF with a grain of salt, but they have him rated as the number one safety duo going into the 2019 season. And I could see why there's a lot of upside with Eddie Jackson and haha ha Clint Dix. Well, with their affinity for Adrian Amos, maybe they would have kept it there regardless of the fact. True. Um, one last thing about both starting safeties, because I'm actually curious if do you have any like things that when we're watching them in camp in eight days that you're going to be paying attention to? Uh, for me, one that stands out right now 
would be haha and I just want to see how fluid he is in that defense if he's needing extra time talking with coaches talking with his you know teammates getting on the right spot on the field getting into you know his actual kind of coverage but I'm curious do you have anything that you're paying attention to either be the one-on-one or how he's actually you know faring on defense you know, actually, for me, I just want to see where these guys line up because Eddie Jackson lined up a lot in single high for the Bears, and that was primarily what uh, Ha Ha Clint Dix did for the Washington Redskins and the Green Bay Packers, single high. So I want to see where Chuck McGowan is really just placing these safeties, obviously depending on the coverage, what zone they're running, if it's man-to-man, whatever it is, that'll dictate where these safeties are going to go. But where are they lining up on a play-to-play basis? Because a lot, both of them are, like I said, are free safeties and are played primarily single high, and then depending on the coverage, rolled over, rolled down, made a box. Like There's a bunch of different intricacies that go into every coverage, but I just want to see where Chuck Pagano has these safeties lined up on a play-to-play basis. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be very interesting to see exactly how that plays out. And with it being training camp, they could just be trying to, you know, tease us as well. Exactly. So as we learned last year with the offense, didn't see – anything that we saw in the regular season, which I'm not complaining about. It was a nice surprise as well. But all right, let's wrap up that discussion on the two starting safeties, and let's move on to the two backups. And let's begin first with Deion Bush, who's entering his fourth year in the league and, of course, as a Chicago Bear. Uh, He did start the games last year in place of Eddie Jackson late after Jackson went down to injury. Um, He didn't play too bad. In fact, when I went back to watch it and you know kind of relive it, it was very serviceable. But, of course, uh, anyone that's coming in for Eddie Jackson, there's going to be an obvious talent gap. And on top of that, Bush is a mainstay on special teams. He's appeared last year in about 60% of those snaps, too. So, Nick, what do you expect from Dion Bush if needed to play for an extended period of time again? Yeah, for Dion Bush, and I think what the Bears really did is kept things simple for him. Just kind of get back, cover your zone, uh, don't let anything in back of you. And I think that's what he did a pretty good job of, of last season. The only play that kind of sticks out is where he gets a little handsy on, I think it was the Minnesota Vikings game, grabs a face mask. He's in pretty good position, but I think the receiver just kind of beat him a little, out-leveraged him uh, on the seam route, and he just gets a little handsy, grabs a face mask, gets a penalty. But for the most part, Deion Bush did a good job in coverage. Just kind of looking at a um, an article here on what uh, Deion Bush was able to do in zone coverage with what the Bears ran a lot of last season. He only allowed 40% completion percentage. That's pretty good for Deion Bush in his limited amount of snaps, 88. So I think that is what you want to see from Deion Bush, just being consistent, not being somebody that's going to hurt the team in the long run, give up those big plays. But that's what you want to see from Deion Bush. I remember it was early on in training camp. People were maybe saying that Deion Bush was – someone to compete for the starting job over Adrian Amos that never ended up happening, but it shows what the bears kind of thought in him, uh, what people were thinking about Dion Bush. Obviously we know he was like a hard hitter, but we still need to see what he's about. But again, if he's not on the field, that usually is a good indication that the, the starting safeties are out there healthy and making plays. Exactly. And you talked about uh, last year's perception because it came out through minicamp that he was starting to really turn the corner a little bit because in the early stages of his career, it did take him some time to kind of adjust to the NFL. Um, but Vic Fangio and Don until really did a good job of being patient with him, coaching him up. And it, they did seem last year that he was really starting to take strides in this defense. And I think we saw that a little bit late last year because when you're looking at the playoff game and when he had a play, he actually didn't have a bad game. I remember a few plays that he made. And to me, it was pretty promising that he was able to perform and obviously the Bears' biggest game in nearly a decade. Uh, the moment wasn't too big for him. Obviously, in an ideal situation, 
Eddie Jackson's out there. Uh, but again, uh, the fact he was able to step up in that regard late in the season uh, after having to pretty much just play special teams all year uh, was pretty, again, promising to say the least. Um, but he talked about things that he brings to the table, a big hitting. I mean, we saw a lot of that last year when he was on the field, either on special teams or on defense. He's always wanted to punish whoever has the ball, loves to impose his will. Decent tackler. Obviously, he has some room to improve that as well, but his tackling form overall isn't that bad. He does take some decent angles to the ball carriers as well. And I've seen him come in on a blitz or two and was able to get a sack. So for uh, me, uh, Dion Bush, that may have been even last year as well because all these memories are, again, you don't have many to draw from here from Dion Bush. But still, things that I've seen throughout his career that I know he has kind of up his sleeve. Um, but, yeah, and again, Obviously, we hope he's not on the field. But is there anything else, Nick, about Dion Bush that you would like to bring up? Because obviously, again, he's entering his fourth year. We know a little bit about him, but not a ton. And again, the most relevant glimpse that we saw is the end of last season. Yeah, the end of last season is right. But I think for for Dion Bush to continue to get better, it's just to kind of hit the film room and see if he can maybe be that. I, I wouldn't say maybe the next safety kind of to replace Ha Clint Dix, but if he wants to put himself in position to be even contention for that, he just needs to be able to make more plays on the ball. And I think that's what will get him a position, whether it's with the Bears moving forward or some some other team. That's going to be the the big thing going, you know, in his career now, just being able to diagnose these routes, uh, dislodging the football with those big hits that he is uh, capable of, uh, you know, giving to opposing receivers, but. We'll see with Deion Bush. I think we're obviously going to see a lot of him in the preseason, see how he uh, fares against you know some of these lower uh, guys on the depth chart for each team. But not expecting too much, obviously, because I'm hoping that Eddie Jackson and HaHa Dick stay healthy and do their jobs. All right. Let's go ahead and move on to the other safety on this roster, also from the 2015 NFL Draft, DeAndre Houston Carson. Uh, to this point of his career, DHC, he's just been a special teamer. Uh, again, not a bad role for any sixth-round pick in the NFL. I mean, a lot of sixth-round picks don't make it throughout training camp, and here he is four years later still on the Bears roster. Nick, do you have any expectations for DHC? It's really hard to discuss him on defense uh, just due to the fact that he's played about 3% of the snaps over the last two years. Yeah, about 3% on defense, but he has been a big contributor on special teams, like you said, 61.18% on special teams, and I think that's what you want to see out of DHC in this season. Uh, He sometimes came in, I remember in the Rams game, in these dime packages when you get six DBs on the field. Um, I think uh, Jared Goff knew that and kind of targeted him a couple times there, but again, he's not someone that typically is going to play uh, on the defense on a down-to-down basis, and that's for the best, but um, nothing really much about DHC. I know uh, someone within the Bears organization was talking to him a couple days ago, says he loves to watch film. He's a big film watcher, loves to diagnose what people are doing. So maybe that's that's next up for DHC, just kind of going down, maybe being a coach uh, later on in his career. But that's something that uh, I thought was interesting from DHC, just someone who's always watching film, he said, more than anybody on the team, uh, according to the guy within the Bears organization. I'm like, wow, really, DHC? You don't, We don't hear a lot about him, but that is something – that you want to hear from a guy that's one, not the starter, someone who primarily plays on special teams, but at least he's putting in the work and trying to put himself in positions to, you know, maybe make a player here or there, but he's never, he's not being asked to be, you know, a starter or anything like that, but at least he's putting in the work on a day-to-day basis. Indeed. And that's really all I think we need to say on DHC in terms of here. Again, ideally, if he's on defense, it's once in a while in some spot situations, maybe some dime packages, like you mentioned, um, but all in all, uh, his role should be primarily still special teams heading forward. All right, 
Moving on to the next tier, the Bears only have two guys other than these four on the roster heading into training camp. Uh, you have Doyen uh, Jabowu. Uh, is it going to be my best guess there? Uh, not to we'll figure it out. <laughs> I don't get paid to pronounce names, um, but also I do, so I understand this. But he's an undrafted free agent out of Fort Hayes State. He's a two-time All-America selection. Uh, he finished his career with 276 tackles, 27.5 of those for a loss, five sacks, nine interceptions, and 26 pass breakups. Then you have Josh Simmons. Uh, he's a a an easier name to pronounce. But B. He's a undrafted free agent out of Limestone College. Tall guy, six uh, three. Finished his career with two hundred twenty four tackles, fifteen interceptions, and four forced fumbles. All right, Nick. I want to know anyone on this duo that you think has the me- best chance. I'm just going to say practice squad. I don't think DHC nor Dion Bush is going to get uprooted here. You can change my mind if you need to. Or do you have any strong feeling towards one guy or another? Uh, I'm in wait and see mode here. Uh, both are small school guys. Really hard to project how they'll transition. So I'm going to wait eight days. But uh, how about you? I think that's probably the best bet. Waiting eight days and seeing, oh, who's this number uh, 47 that's making? Oh, that's. Uh... Jim Jimbo whatever his last name is it's that guy okay maybe he makes plays here and there but uh like you said I don't have these two guys uh uprooting either Bush or Houston Carson to make the 53-man roster the Bears the last two seasons have had four safeties make the 53-man roster and I think we know which four are going to make it uh but we'll just have to wait and see eight days from now if Either of these two guys can make some plays on the ball, are able to stay, you know, with the tight ends and coverage, those one-on-one matchups. But, yeah, I think wait and see is the best bet for these two guys. It's going to be interesting to see how quickly either can pick up an NFL defensive scheme. Uh, again, you have that with any position, especially from an undrafted and, of course, a smaller school uh, situation. But for them, they're in the back end of this defense in terms of the roster and, of course, even the depth chart. It'd be interesting to see if they can pick up uh, some of this defense, or if they're going to be like when the third team offense is out there, or if they're even going against the second team off and on, if they're able to get exploited, you know, deeper down the field by some of the Bears uh, playmakers on offense, that some of those guys do have a little bit more stronger understanding of the system than maybe these two guys would have as well. All right, Nick, I do need to make things official though. Uh, so, for all intents and purposes, uh, who do you have making that final roster? Let's see, I have Eddie Jackson. No Hockland Dix. Yeah, no, these are surprises, I know. And then Deion Bush and DeAndre Houston Carson is the four safeties that make the 2019 53 NFL roster. Yeah, okay, I'm just going to say co-sign because I don't need to rehash <laughs> all those names. Obviously, that's going to be the four. Uh, no reason to rehash that. So let's just jump right into our final segment of the show, our big picture questions. And, of course, we have to start with some over-under here. Uh, So I'm going to start off uh, six interceptions over or under for Eddie Jackson, which, of course, was his mark last year. We'll go over for Eddie Jackson. Uh, I think he gets one more with seven. I was around that seven mark as well. Uh, I think that if it's under uh, from a stat perspective, that may be a little bit, you know, of a down thing. But also, I don't think he's going to get as tested as often last year. But we'll we'll see. Maybe, uh, you know, HaHa imposes his will a little bit. And they start, you know, trying to look elsewhere. And then Eddie Jackson can definitely clean up on the back end as well. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going over. But even if it's under, uh, if he's at five, it's not like it's a terrible year or anything. No. All right. Over, under, four touchdowns for Eddie Jackson. Uh, two oh. in year one, three in year two. So I set the bar at four. I'm going to go under on the four there. Uh, I know <laughs> it's, it's it's going up there, but that would be 
a hell of an accomplishment for Ajax. I, I know he has more touchdowns right now than some of the 2017 wide receiver classes, uh, some of the guys that were in that class. So, I mean, I know he's, he's ten, he has a tendency to get these touchdowns, but I won't say he gets four right under that. We'll go with three again. He has more than Adam Shaheen, right, in their draft in the same, same year? Does he? Uh, I think he does. I think he does, too. I mean, I'm going to have to double check here, but I'm 99% sure that he has more touchdowns than Eddie Jack, I mean, than Adam Shaheen. Uh, but for me, I'm going to go, I'm, can I just say even on four? I think four is going to be the number, uh, or at least I hope it would. I think everyone envisions that being a great scenario. But even if he gets three again on defense or two again on defense, maybe there's one on special teams. Maybe there's one on offense. Uh, you know how Matt Nagy likes to get creative. So for me, I like four. I like the, you know, it's like one of those things like when you're in grade school, like, you know, complete the pattern. Again, he had two his first <laughs> year, three his second year. So obviously he's going to have four in his third year in the league. And that's how many Adam Shaheen has in his two years, four touchdowns. Oh, so they're tied. They're tied right now. That's why I was 99% sure, not 100. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Over or under Nick, 17 pass breakups for Eddie Jackson. I know I'm Eddie Jackson heavy, but I think this is pretty fun. Last year he had 15. We'll go. We'll go even. He'll have. Uh, we'll go seventeen. Um, I think that's that's that's. I mean, that's a high number in itself, right there. So I'll, I'll we'll stick with seventeen. Yeah, I'm going under. I have sixteen. Uh, just one per game. I think that's a pretty good average. Of course, that's a little bit more. Well, actually, I was going to say a little bit more than he had last year, but he did sit out the last couple of weeks. So technically, he did have more on a per game basis. So maybe I just talked myself out of it. <laughs> I'm going over eighteen. We're done. Moving on. There we go. All right. Over or under Nick, four interceptions for Haha. He averages about three over his last three years. Four interceptions for Haha Clindix. Um You're gonna go even again, aren't you? I I want to go even. Yeah, I think four I think four would be a great number for Haha Clindix, uh, especially coming into again his third team in two years now. Uh I think four is a good number for Haha Clindix. I'm going under. I think, you know, his average is three. I think three is about where it's going to fall. But also with, again, uh, we talked about this defense being one entire, you know, cohesive unit. But, again, that Bears front seven should really allow, and, of course, the other secondary players should allow HaHa to have his best season or one of his best seasons. So if they want to go after him a little bit and he's a little bit more aggressive with it, he could end up with four or more. But I'm going to say under just because I'm going to go with the law of averages here. So he's going to have three. All right, Nick, one final over-under, 150 total tackles from the safety duo of Eddie Jackson and Clinton Dix. Uh, last year, I did the numbers. It was 143 combined, although keep in mind that uh, HaHa did play with two different defenses last year, uh, but they will be sharing the snaps, so, but I have 150 total tackles as the bar. You know, we'll go under, and that's a good thing when the safeties aren't making tackles because that means the running backs or whoever it is is not getting past the front seven. Uh, we're going to go under that 150. Same. Exactly. To your point as well, I thought the front seven's going to do a good job of keeping everything in their kind of territory, and the safety's job won't need to be, at least for HaHa's case, uh, as important or as pivotal as it's been in years past. Eddie Jackson knows what's up. He knows what's in front of him. <laughs> All right, true or false, Nick? HaHa is going to get his first career touchdown this year. Uh, that is true. Okay. True or false? Eddie Jackson's going to win defensive player of the year. Man, he, I mean, he was on pace to do that last season. You know, it's probably going to be either Khalil Mack or Aaron Donald again. So I'm going to say false, but it's going to be close. 
I'm going to say true. Uh, I think year three, uh, last year he's playing at a higher level than a guy like Ed Reed played at the same point of his career. And now you bring in a Pagano. You bring in a team that is wanting to finish that business that was started last year. I think that he's going to be playing with a you know a chip and attitude even more so than we saw a year ago. And if he can stay healthy and play all 16 games and play to the same degree, like you said, he was on pace last year, so why not do it again? So I'm going to say true. Um, but again, there is someone else on this Bears defense that could take it away from him and Khalil Mack. But we'll see exactly how that all shakes out. Not a bad problem to have by any means. But it's time for, Nick, our bold prediction. So I'm going to let you go ahead and start this one off. Well, you kind of alluded to it. I was surprised looking at uh, Hoglin Dick's stats and seeing that he doesn't have a touchdown yet in his career. Well, you you meant you kind of mentioned it there. I think bold prediction. He doesn't just get one touchdown; he gets two touchdowns this season, one fumble recovery, and uh, take it back for a score, and then a pick six. And that's going to happen with this Bears defense again. More opportunities are going to be there for HaHa Clint Dix. Not in years past where he's been playing on some mediocre defense with the Green Bay Packers or the Washington Redskins. There's going to be opportunities where balls are going to be in the air, bad at passes, where people are forcing fumbles. And HaHa Clint Dix has shown in his career that he's been in the right place at the right time to make those opportunities and turn them into you know turnovers. So I think this is the year where you'll see HaHa Clint Dix end up in the end zone twice. All right, my bold prediction, Eddie Jackson's going to have five touchdowns, eight interceptions, uh, become the best safety in the league, no no question about it. And, of course, if he does that, Defensive Player of the Year is going to just follow suit. But for me, five touchdowns, eight interceptions, capping off a hell of a year for Eddie Jackson. Uh, So, yeah, that's a little wafty in terms of numbers, but that's why it's a bold prediction. So five TDs, eight interceptions. And I do think – high expectations for these safeties. I like it. I know, right? I still think, though, if he's going to get five, one or two need to come either on offense or special teams in some trick play or some just weird formation that Matt Nagy throws out there. Imagine having Eddie Jackson line up as wide out for, like, one play or give him, like, a jet sweep. That would be pretty fun. Also, well, Matt he, Nagy did that. He did that a couple of seasons or a couple couple plays last season where Eddie Jackson's just kind of motioning, and you see the defense are like, okay, well, Eddie Jackson's on the field. Let's key in on this guy because, again, he makes plays. He knows how to get into the end zone. You just got to keep an eye on him. I wouldn't be, I would not be surprised if he ends up in the end zone on offense. We'll see. Uh, Nick, you talked about it. We have some lofty expectations for these uh, the Bears defense, the Bears as a whole, but right now definitely the safety. So what's going to be your confidence level in this group heading into the 2019 season? And obviously this is a group where there's not as many players at, at the position. Obviously you have two starting saves. So I'm just going to base it on those two, and I guess we'll throw Deion Bush there. But the confidence level, especially what both HaHa Clindix and Eddie Jackson bring to the table – I, I, I'm really confident in this group. I'm going to give him a 9. 9.7, 9.7, 9.8, just with what they, the intangibles they bring, the, the range that they each have. You have a cover two look. They have the whole back end covered. There's not a single place on that field where those two safeties can't get to. Or if even it's a single coverage and you have one guy who's playing more of a robber look who can pick off those deep in routes, both of them are capable of that. I really like the upside, not to, uh, I guess, diminish what Adrian Amos was doing here with the Bears, solid player. But HaHa Clinton-Dix creates more opportunities for this Bears defense to get even more turnovers than it did last season because you have a very aggressive player in an aggressive defense with an aggressive-minded defensive coordinator. I like that, and I have very high confidence that this duo is going to be hard to pass deep against, and there's just going to be turnovers waiting to happen if you really test either one of these two guys. 
Absolutely. I am actually, I put mine down in my notes, 9.8. So you're in the same exact ballpark as I. And we talked about it. Even Dion Bush, if he had to play for a couple of weeks, he's a pretty decent, you know. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on, and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Depth piece to have at this position, so I'm not really too worried about overall depth here. Of course, you can always want more, uh, but I think at this point we might be getting uh, a little greedy, but you hit on all the good points there. The number one being that if Eddie Jackson and Ha Ha Clinton Dix are both out there, I mean, that shrinks the field tremendously for any offense going up against it. And of course, we already know what Eddie Jackson can do as a playmaker. We've seen Ha Ha do it off and on throughout his career and now being surrounded by a better defense. He should be able to kind of return to form like his early years, like you mentioned. And of course, uh, just play very aggressive football, which in turn, is going to just really create more opportunities maybe for the Bears' offense, which, of course, makes things a little bit more interesting in terms of long-term projections for this team. But, yeah, for me, uh, the safeties by themselves, 9.8, really not any worries in the world, but I don't think I've given a 10 yet, so I'm not going to do it this time. Bye. <laughs> any final thoughts, Nick, before we wrap up? Um, well, I guess maybe the most – well, I wouldn't say the most interesting countdown to camp episodes coming next week with special teams, but uh, – like we said, we're eight days away from training camp. I cannot wait to see what these safeties uh, are able to do in Chuck Pagano's defense. It's going to be fun to watch. And, yeah, it's eight days away. Eight days. Eight days. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode. I want to thank you all for your continued support of the Chicago Audible. If you would like to help, well, I was going to say three, but Brandon's not here, but he is part of the team, so three fellow Bears fans. Uh, make sure to leave your review of our show on Apple Podcasts. Again, we'll be selecting one reviewer to win a free Bears jersey of their choice. Uh, you can get Khalil Mack, you can get Eddie Jackson, you can get the new 100th anniversary jersey. So definitely check that out. Uh, and once we reach 500, we will like someone for one of those jerseys but up next like nick mentioned we have our final preview before training camp it's gonna be a quick one uh, but it's gonna be on the bear special teams but in the meantime i highly encourage you to go back to check out any position on offense or defense that you may have missed but until next time bear down chicago bear down.